Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 94 of Grow With Soul. Today is a coaching episode with Katie Ford of Fen and Field magazine. Katie grew Fen and Field from an idea sparked from a documentary to a fully fledged print magazine in less than a year. And now, two issues in, finds herself at the point of needing to level it all up. Having grown an Instagram following and a newsletter audience organically, she's now feeling stuck of how to move it all forward and broaden the magazine's reach. We talk in this episode about alternative ways to use Instagram, getting really granular with your customers and thinking strategically about them, and communicating your difference. So let's dive in. Hi Katie! Hi Kate! How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Thank you. How are you? Good. I like a fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just here with my cup of tea, ready for a a nice chat. So let's start our nice chat with a little bit of background about your journey so far and how you've kind of got to this point that you're at now and the story of the business and all all those things. Wonderful. Yeah, it is quite the story, but I will, I will try and tell it as well as I can. <laughs> my my overall background and my trade is as a writer, um, which then kind of eased in slowly to being an editor as well. I did literature for my undergrad, and I, then I did a master's in creative writing, and that was supposed to set me on a trajectory of academia. I wanted to teach creative writing. But on the day that I discovered my PhD application had been accepted, I also realised I was pregnant um, and I now have a nine-year-old daughter. Wow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, <laughs> that, that threw everything out the window slightly, um, but I wouldn't change any of it. So I just stayed at home for a couple of years with her. I carried on writing for myself, but wasn't really writing for other people. And then got to a point where it was like, right, I should probably go back to work now. But because my... I had quite a a strong work history because I'd taken a gap year, but then obviously I had this weird thing where I'd been a postgraduate but hadn't gone back to work. It was quite hard to find somewhere to go to where they could understand how I'd got to that Mm. point. So in the in-between, I started freelancing local small businesses that kind of grew out into creative small businesses. And I did that for a little while before thinking I want to go and work with people because I'd been on my own for so long at that point. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And then so randomly ended up learning to make coffee (laughs) and became assistant manager there for a while. And then I thought, right, I want to go back to what I was doing before. Then had another stint with a conservation charity in their communications team, which then led me back to thinking, I know what my niche properly is finally. Mm-hmm. And that was very much working with ethical brands and brands doing things with sustainability and diversity. But I wanted as an agency to also have our own products. And I'd always had this urge to create my own magazine. Never quite sure which I did to go with, but I wanted it to be environmentally focused. And what I'd really thought about a lot whilst I was at the conservation charity is that whole 
area of sustainability and climate change has an element of privilege with it. And those that can can make changes perhaps come from a better economic background or they're not going to lose as much by supporting those causes. Mm. And I wanted to create something that actually showed people you're not going to lose out and everybody can do their part. And mm. I wanted to do that by sharing stories f- from people who traveled or people who live in a way that actually doesn't lack anything, but isn't compromising the planet. So that then turned into a magazine. And so why, why a magazine, first of all, and also what were the kind of steps of putting a magazine together? Because I imagine that's not an easy thing. (laughs) No. Um, I've always loved magazines. I've worked with other independent magazines. I've always particularly loved reading independent magazines. Um, And I wanted to create something that would inspire and nurture what I like to call kind of creative wild souls. And I wanted to do that with words and pictures and just find a way to delve into the relationship between humans and nature and unearth the stories that really explore how we can be a modern human in a wild world Mm. and find that balance. So, yeah, how did you go about that? Because it's not like, you know, you just set up a website and an Instagram account and you're you're in business. There's a lot of kind of, you need contributors and you need to print it and all that sort of thing. So how how long was that process, first of all? And then, yeah, what kind of were the steps? It, it was quite a long process. So I started first by asking people for contributions for a blog so that I could get a website together um, and have kind of a home that people could go to online to see what we were about. Then I extended that into, right, I want to put together uh, a monthly mini magazine that can go out digitally with a newsletter. And so we started building that and then finally kind of asking for longer length pieces that could go into a print magazine. Okay. And so how long was that kind of timeline from getting the idea, then putting the more blog style one up and then all the way through to print? How long was that? So I went quite gung-ho with the blog. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that that was probably within the first three weeks of me thinking, right, I'm oh. going to do this. Then the newsletter took a couple more months because I didn't want to pitch it wrong. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make sure that it kind of, they're all quite succinct and separate publications almost. The, the, the blog is for kind of evergreen content whereas Notes From is very timely. Mm-hmm. And the magazine, I wanted to almost be seasonal because we publish on the first day of each new season. Right. And I wanted it to kind of represent a, a journey through that season. So um, we went from the blog to building up with the newsletter for, we call that Notes from Fen and Field. And then it was probably, I reckon we were at about the 11-month mark when we finally published the first okay. magazine. That's still quite fast. I was expecting you to say like three years. <laughs> no, I probably should have taken it slightly slower. No, I, I, it, it, it is what it is, you know. Like, what's the point in waiting if you can just, if you're motivated and you've got it enough there to start, then start. Um, I, it's more that I think that maybe it's my own impression of what it takes to do that like I wouldn't know it would take me three years to work out how to even get paper sorted (laughs) Um, I think that's yeah that's really cool that to just yeah do it did you ever have any kind of doubts about or was it just very single focused going just gonna crack on and do it um lots of doubts 
I think, but I thought well, I'm going to do it anyway because what's the what's the worst that can happen? Mm. I've got a pile of magazines in my house for ten years. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only thing that nearly paused the whole process was we were due to publish in March uh, oh, of right. this year, and I didn't know whether with lockdown and people's livelihoods being precarious, whether it was the right thing to do. So we did take a minute to kind of think about that, and I thought right. We're going to delay it slightly. My printer had a few issues anyway, but it still came out within two weeks of when we'd initially intended mm. and it went really well. And I thought, right, we did do the right thing. And this is actually what people wanted to read at the moment because mm. it was like a window into outdoors. And at that point, none of us could could really go outdoors apart from our one hour. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. So how have you been building it so far? Because obviously you had the blog and all that sort of thing and so what's been really working in terms of growth and getting those kind of initial sales in May, um, March what, what have you been doing so far? A lot of our focus has been on Instagram we we tried out a few different channels but that very much seemed to be where our people were mm-hmm. but also that feels quite insular and what I've found is it's quite hard when you have a print publication to know where else to go. It's not like you can put an advert in another print publication (laughs) (laughs) because you would have to be in something that was essentially a rival, even though when you look at independent magazines, they're actually all very supportive of each other. It's it's still not how it works. Mm. So it's been very focused, as I said, on, on Instagram. Um, Occasionally I'll, I'll pop up on some groups I'm, I'm members of on Facebook and I'll just say, Oh, you guys might want to go and see this blog post. And then that might lead to something else, but it's very much been from me. And I think what I'm really conscious of is I don't want this to be almost like a secondary account for myself. Right. Because it's not, it's a product and it's something slightly different. And I need to to create some kind of distance whilst also making it still warm and inviting for people. Mm. Okay. So there's a little bit of crossover between you and the brand. Yeah. And so when you said that Instagram feels quite insular, does that how how do you mean by that in that it's kind of detached or Yeah, I think so. Because I always think of Instagram as its own beast when it comes to to social media. Mm. I mean, and it's been great and I and it has very much built a community and it's exactly the kind of people that I I thought it would be creating conversations that I didn't expect and that's been really lovely and that helps to inform how we have looked at at story submissions when they've come in and thought actually we think that our readers would really like this Mm. but it's getting past that initial group that are really quite supportive and and pulling it out to a wider audience right yeah and I think that's the issue with Instagram anyway is that you can the whole thing of getting more reach there is really difficult and you kind of end up just kind of in this really small echo chamber where it's all the same people seeing your stuff and you it can feel hard to kind of break out a little bit and um that's something that i think about in terms of the way that instagram is structured which things like facebook i kind of think of that as like a chain an unraveling chain where everybody's connected but instagram is more like lots of little filing cabinets and you can kind of sit in your drawer and you can never have to see anybody else's drawer because you're just inside it so it does feel like it can be yeah as you say difficult to reach out beyond the people who are already there 
absolutely. I think that, that that's a great analogy for it. But finding where they are other than on Instagram is yeah. also really difficult because because that's where they all are. Yeah. And you know, usually when I talk to people, I'm like, oh, what magazines do they read? But yeah, as you've already said, that doesn't really help you. <laughs> when we're talking about growth and things like that, I think it's important to tie it to a reason rather than just kind of be like, oh, we want growth. We want to just grow and grow and grow. But what's it actually growing into? Because, you know, you can grow in terms of getting 100,000 Instagram followers, but, you know, if any 10 of them buy the magazine, that's not actually very helpful. Um, Or you can grow your blog traffic. But again, if that's not, they're only kind of coming on for a second and then bouncing off, that's also not very helpful. So it's what, you really where you want to grow into is it a kind of deepening is it a broadening what is it what are kind of the goals I guess I would say a broadening because I think one thing that we've been really keen to do is be inclusive and encouraging to a lot of voices and I also would like that reflected in our readership I don't want people to look at look at the magazine and think well that's not for people like me because Mm -hmm. I actually think it's for everybody that's that's the whole ethos of the magazine is that this is this is just life as it is we call it a human slash nature lifestyle magazine so i think what's really interesting to me is that we tend to have well we we both issues we've sold more copies than we actually have instagram followers mm-hmm. but figuring out where they've actually come from to find yeah. us if it's not been via that has been really difficult yeah so do you have stockists no, I have actually just reached out to some distribution companies because mm. that was always the next step. It felt a little bit uncomfortable doing that right at the beginning of lockdown when I knew lots of indie <laughs> shops had closed down yeah. and I was like, I don't want to be like, oh, buy my thing when actually, you know, they're, mm. they've furloughed their staff and their shop is closed. Um, so I think that is definitely the, the next step for number three when that comes out at um, yeah. the end of this year. That makes it even more interesting then that they're all it's there's like only one place that people are coming to to buy it which is you your website and yet there's still you're not sure where they've come from I mean there might be can you see in your analytics at all no it all seems to just be through finding the website and and figuring out where they've come from before then Mm. Has not so I don't know whether it's our contributors are sharing it. Yeah, if they're coming they're, direct, that's generally because they already know who you are, and that would be probably from uh, kind of word of mouth. I would assume. Yeah, which is it, well, that was the assumption mm. I'd I'd made. So, but then it's like, but so how do I get more people to be talking about us? Yeah, if that's what's going to work for us, if that's if that's how we are going to grow organically. Mm. In your mind, when you're thinking about the different strands of Instagram, blog, newsletter, magazine itself, do you think of them as, are the lines between them blurred or do they each have their own very specific role to play? They all have their own role. They, I do think they are, as a whole, they work together. Um, but like I said, with with the kind of stories we when they come in, you kind of if you like the story, you also get a sense or at least I get a sense of where where I think it would be best positioned. That might come down to the fact it's a story about something that's happening in in May, for example. So putting it in the main notes from made sense. Mm-hmm. 
but I also it's supposed to be a journey for people so they come to the blog they like the stories there they sign up to the newsletter then they get a notification within the newsletter when we've opened pre-orders for the next issue and hopefully then go on to pre-order or at least think oh I'll wait and see when it comes out and perhaps have a little bit more of a feel of what that issue is like and then and then make a purchase. No and that's that's what I would say is you know have that kind of customer journey going through it. I guess I asked the question from the point of view of because it's interesting you go straight to this is the editorial for each channel whereas I'm like what's the sales <laughs> what's yeah. the marketing for each channel and because it's thinking about that generating word of mouth and things like that is that it's the word of mouth is the sort of thing we think we have to let happen and just kind of hope that if we do a good enough job people will talk about us and there is an element of that well big element of that but I think it is also something that we can afford to formalize in our process and and ask for because sometimes people just need a prompt so if something like the Instagram becomes more of a place where you are kind of asking for or, or having kind of little campaigns which are share campaigns and things like that like maybe asking people to share a favorite view or a favorite story and getting them to post it and tag you and all those sorts of things that's a really creative way to kind of ask for the shares and kind of spread that message a little bit further outside of that filing cabinet drawer but also from a more kind of basic point of view in terms of competitions to get people sharing things or just you know send this quote to a friend if you think they would enjoy it like just the little asks like that that you can just kind of slip into the editorial a little bit just make sure that you've got calls to action to do that growth and you can feel like you're you've got some agency in that word of mouth rather than just kind of letting it happen that's that's a really good idea and that's not something that had even really occurred to me with with how we've been running the instagram mm. but that's something we could definitely i could definitely think about bringing in mm. and i think the thing with instagram is is that because it is so visual and we literally call it a gallery we can treat it as very very editorial which and i think that is important but also we start to lose sight of the fact that it's also a social network <laughs> yeah and it, the platform itself wants you to be social so it 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 is a place where we could afford to, you know, encourage that a little bit more. And it doesn't seem quite as weird as doing it like on a blog or in the magazine itself. Absolutely. I, yeah, there's a lot for me to think through there. <laughs> so let's think a little bit about kind of the Instagram alternatives or actually before we think about Instagram alternatives, thinking about Instagram outside of your own account can be really useful, particularly as you were saying about wanting to broaden the reach a little bit. And so it's thinking about all of Instagram as a tool. So that's not just your profile, but other people's profiles and starting to put yourself there. And so obviously this is something that we've talked about and that perhaps by the time this goes out, not quite sure. Um, but yeah, I will have put a post out about it, but also that looking further afield into places that might not be the most obvious might be a really nice place to start looking for that broadening as well. So have you had any thoughts about that? Not particularly. 
I think I was so interested in seeing kind of who who did show up mm-hmm. that now it's probably at the point I need to really go through and look at, at who they are, where else they are, and kind of the, the the next person away from them that might actually want to come into the fold. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you kind of done phase one and been like, okay, these people are here, but how how much are they you know a homogenous type yeah (laughs) how much are they all the same person um and where do we want this to go and I mean have uh, taken it right back to basics how much presumably you've done a lot of kind of ideal reader work and things like that but yeah how many kind of different ideal readers do you have in your mind and how much do you think you've kind of hit all of those I, well, our our definition is that our readers are explorers who love and respect the great outdoors, mm-hmm. which sounds very specific, but was also written so that it could it could adapt. Because actually, ex- being an explorer doesn't mean that you're somebody that goes out hiking Ben Ben Nevis once yeah. a month. It can also mean that you're somebody that makes sure you go for a walk in your local woods once a week. And actually, it's not a big deal. It's just part of your your life. But you you get something from from being outside. So I guess that means we really need to start thinking about how else we're interpreting that word and where we want to give them something of value in the stories that we're telling. Yeah, I think, and it's funny because I find myself kind of contradicting myself because very often I'm kind of not looking at the demographics and let's get right into the the heart of what they're doing. But I think in this case, it might be quite useful to actually zoom out a little bit and like you say that word explorers kind of narrow into that and kind of go okay well what kind of explorers do we have you know are there kind of three or four have we got the Ben Nevis and the local woods and then somewhere in between and then perhaps somebody who's more about exploring it in a more kind of conceptual way perhaps through art or or something like that or whatever it feels true and then to be able to to get really specific about who each of those people are means that you can then start to pinpoint it a bit easier because very often when I speak to people who don't really know where to put the business next that's because there isn't that really kind of pinpoint accuracy on who they're trying to who they're trying to get to um, there's this kind of general well I want more people yeah um, but yeah, when you kind of go, okay, well, we've got four explorers. This is where each of them, this is how each of them feel. This is what each of them are trying to get to. This is what is standing in each of their ways. This is, these are all the people they're all following. And then you can, it starts to build from there that you can be like, oh, okay, well, there's this whole other kind of group over here that I'd never even heard of that would actually be really perfect for explorer number three. And that gives you a rabbit hole to go down. Um I think the trouble is you you don't have any rabbit holes or you've got you've kind of explored the ones that you could think of sort of off the top of your head and it's time to kind of find more of the warren. Yeah, that's really interesting because there there is an element of also bringing the outside in in some of our stories and and perhaps I have neglected that people that that perhaps don't go outside a lot but there is still this respect for the the planet and you know they watch Sir David's documentaries mm-hmm. and it matters to them. But they they need those stories presented to them in a slightly different way that that reflects them and their interests and and just being mindful at home. Mm. Yeah, you're going into a kind of phase two, and 
there are when anybody sets anything up a lot of blind spots because you kind of you, you're just doing what you can and now I think it's that time to go okay right let's we've got a couple of magazines out the door we know it's happening we know there's interest how can we now get really kind of strategic about this now and get really really clear on exactly who these people are and where they are um, and that that is what's going to open the doors because yeah if you're, you've kind of got a quite blurry sort of beautiful but blurry view of who the people are you've got to get really granular with it yeah so yeah because I uh, what I'd written down in my notes was that kind of question of deeper versus broader and I think it's a bit of both um I was expecting to say go deeper but actually no I think it is that the broadening of the understanding of who the reader is but also going deeper into them as individuals and then looking at what you're doing in your marketing in that way so there is a certain deepening where you've got you are now starting to build enough data or enough evidence to know what really works and you know you probably know the sort of posts you put on Instagram that are going to do really well (laughs) so you can do more of those and kind of go deeper into those elements but perhaps broadening up the scope of them so say there's a particular kind of type of photo setup doing more of those photo setups but then in the caption perhaps broadening the scope of the sort of things you talk about to start including explorer number four who or the the in the home sort of stuff that you hadn't quite covered before yeah I think um that would definitely work I'm just sat here thinking about like our demographics and it's been really hard to narrow it down because it's been an almost 50 50 split with genders mm-hmm. um and the, the age range has been quite broad as well. It's about 20, 25 to up to 49, which I think probably had freaked me out slightly because then you've basically got this huge like third of society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and that is part of the reason why demographics can be really unhelpful because it, yeah, if you're looking at that, you're like, oh, well, it's everybody. But actually, it's not every single person aged 25 to 49. Yeah. There is a very, and what is joining them together is what's inside them, is their beliefs, what they value, what they want, you know, what and yeah. what's stopping them. And so honing in on those a little bit and yeah, trying to break down those demographics into kind of your own version of those and kind of be like, okay, well, mo- generally the, the older end are more kind of explorer fours whereas the younger ends are explorer ones going up Ben Nevis and so we can kind of think well when you're planning your Instagram posts well I'll put a couple more explorer ones in there and then I can put an explorer four more somewhere where the older demographic tend to hang out and so you can then start to kind of divvy up your content in that way kind of by person in a little way. I'm really excited about doing that. I think that will be a, a, re- a really nice process to actually get to know everybody a little bit better. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm saying it and I'm kind of like, I want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to work out who each of these explorers are. Yeah. And I think that would that will have ramifications into everything. If you can, yeah, get kind of granular on that level, that will help with your editorial, with your planning out the magazine. And it will help with all the sorts of things. And, and further down the line, it will help you to kind of segment a little bit more as well. So if you're getting to a point where perhaps with the emails, you want people to be able to opt in to be Explorer 1, 2, 3 or 4, 
And then you can send them really specific stuff that kind of and gives them more of what they want. And then perhaps if you're doing, you know, when we're allowed to, you decide to put on events, you can do really specific ones for each kind of person. And yeah, it gives you a little bit more, it gives you more options. It opens things up because you can think that you really know these people. Yeah, there's like an element of flexibility, but it's also really focused. Mm. Yeah, it just gives that when you've got this kind of really broad reader that you're kind of you can't really glimpse and you're they're both a man and a woman and they're young yeah. and they're old it's just like really hard to kind of get a handle on and pin it down um and I think what a lot of people do when they're that they have to go on the data and go on the proof but actually you get to decide you get to say okay well actually they're this 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 and this and there might be other people out there swirling around who aren't this this isn't this but I'm just going to focus on the ones that are. And then if anybody else likes it, they can join in. But yeah, yeah, it's not, you have to go off exactly what you're being told. You get to kind of group it up for yourself. Yeah, definitely. So I think let's move on a little bit, a little bit of a sea change into the kind of communication of your difference in the market. Because that was something that you kind of brought up over email. And yeah, it's something that I imagine is pretty important <laughs> when you've got a lot of independent magazines and also a lot of, you're also competing in inverted commas with kind of online blogs and things like that in the space. So yeah, what challenges are you kind of coming up with against really showing your difference? I think for us, so within the independent publishing world, there are an awful lot of outdoors focused magazines that are doing incredibly well and they're beautiful and I read them and I love them. Our point of difference is supposed to be and hopefully is reflected in our in our work is that we frame it within within the sustainability angle and a little bit of slow living and how this is something that should be everyday life. It shouldn't just be a big grand adventure. Mm. I suppose convincing people that that's that's worth their their time and their money to invest in is perhaps a little bit more complicated than just a magazine of of beautiful adventure stories. Yeah, because you've kind of got one foot in one place and one foot in the other where you've got that kind of escapist lose yourself in the story side and then also more a kind of grounded practical you could actually do this side. How do you find that balance just in general with editorial without even getting into marketing? It can be tricky. And I would say sometimes when pitches come in, the ones I tend to say no to or I like the idea of it, but I want them to come back with something slightly more refined is because they've kind of missed that angle, which either means those stories aren't there, but I don't believe that because I I, I, I live these stories as well. So I think people are living this way. And I suppose there's also an element of if you live that way, you might take it for granted slightly. Mm. If you if you travel, but you offset or you're particularly careful in the way that you get from A to B or the way you treat the landscape you're in, it might just be second nature. But part of part of this, obviously, is is also educating people that this, this balance can be had. And when we talk about climate action, nobody is saying that that as another species on this planet, we need to miss out on anything. We just need to do it with more care and attention with how with how we look at it. How have you been going about trying to communicate that in the marketing or have you just been kind of going along and see what happens <laughs> uh, the marketing I mean a lot of what we do 
with marketing at the moment just focuses on sharing the stories from the different avenues so you Mm -hmm. know if you want to sign up to the newsletter then you can here's a little sneak peek and you can read the rest of this story or this is something that I've pulled out from from a a story that's either in our first issue or our second issue and perhaps not gone too much further out of that and perhaps that's something I need to really think about is is how else we can be part of that dialogue in a wider sense not just within what we've already said. Mm. Yeah, it's again that kind of going deeper into looking at each thing having its own job for the business rather than just the editorial. Because as you see, you kind of extracting it and things like that, which is awesome and like carry on doing that. But also if every single piece has kind of got the same stuff across it, each channel's kind of got the same stuff across it, there's no impetus. And so if Instagram is proving to be more of the main marketing channel, then that's a place to kind of talk about the ethos a bit as much as the content and to, so that it doesn't look like every other outdoorsy magazine with, you know, beautiful pictures of mountains and stuff like that. It's also grounding it in that practical side and that perhaps that is a place where that can live a little bit more and people can kind of go, oh, okay, I understand why this is different to... I've now forgotten the name of that magazine, but you know, different to that that outdoor magazine over there. I understand at this kind of first point of entry how this is different. Yeah, I've just when I'd originally done like the marketing plan, I was going to do more behind the scenes stuff as well. And then mm. obviously with lockdown, that's that's ended. But I don't know. Do you think people would respond to that? What do you I call behind we, the scenes? So I was thinking about actually showing um, whether it's me or whether it's another contributor kind of actually in the field, as it were, when they're researching or living the experience that they're going to write about to show very practically what they're doing. I think that sounds like a great idea for like a story (laughs) you know when you watch the kind of David Attenborough documentaries and there's like a 10-15 minute bit at the end where they show how they got some of the shots yeah I love them yeah Yeah. that's the kind of thing isn't it where you've got the story and then you've also got and here's how it was made which kind of makes it brings it to life even more and so kind of following that pattern which is an established kind of uh, format could be a really lovely thing and and that would also help to join all those elements together that perhaps you show a kind of sneak peek on the grid and then be like we're going to be sending this out in notes from next month you can come and sign up and get the full video or the full kind of story or whatever in there and that would be a really I'd find that really interesting (laughs) good I, I yeah maybe that's something I need to start actually saying to to our writers and photographers as well like can can you also take notes on this please because mm. probably yeah. they're do- they're doing it anyway like just snapping little phone photos of little things that are happening you know that I mean that's what I do whenever yeah. I'm working on something I'm like oh I'll snap a photo of that so I think that yeah it's probably kind of all this informally but to kind of put that in as as part of the assignment, we also show the behind the scenes and how it really works on the ground. That feels like a really nice way of connecting the escapist style of things with your uniqueness, which is also the practical, real life, everyday life part. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. I'm really excited about that as well. Yeah. No, that sounds yeah. awesome. Like, yeah, really 
different thing and I think that's what people I think people do love to see that and yeah I I feel excited (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I think that what we we didn't really come on to which was the kind of first thing was alternatives to Instagram and I think that's because there's not a huge amount and I mean from my point of view it's not I it's the only social media I use and you've got in a lot of ways you've got to be where your people are there's no you've got to kind of join them where they're already comfortable and enjoying content rather than kind of sit over on somewhere else by yourself and try and get them to come to you and so I think that actually it's not a question of what other things other than Instagram can we do it's going back to those getting those kind of four I'm saying there's four there might be not four explorers but for example those different types of explorers and then working out where they already are and then going and being there rather than trying to kind of pluck out of the air where else you might be able to go because yeah you might then kind of open up a whole world of more interiors or kind of homely and slow living based stuff which might show you some podcasts to be on or some blogs or things like that that you can start to work with and it's going to be more outreach I think than having specific channels that you own because you've got those now you know you've got the blog you've got the Instagram you've got the newsletter There's not really much else to do unless you want to start doing a YouTube channel or a podcast, but you probably want to focus on the magazine. You don't want to. That's the thing as well. It's not losing track of what you actually do. You're a magazine publisher. You're not a YouTuber. Yeah. (laughs) And so, yeah, starting to kind of looking at outreach and where you can put yourself so you're in that conversation where those four explorers already are. That's really the key, I think, for you now. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, th- I think that's probably what I meant by alternatives to mm. kind of to Instagram yeah. was about outreach. And it's like I said earlier, figuring out where that where that is, because traditional advertising is not is not open to this. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's and it, it, you can't put the cart before the horse with it. You've got to get you've got to know where they are really really specifically before you can put yourself there so I think that's your first port of call is is working that out getting really granular on that as I said and then putting yourself in those places there's one thing you mentioned that I'm going to now circle back to about the boundary between you and Fen and Field and yeah how, how you want to kind of remove yourself from it a little bit so how how in it do you feel you are? Do you feel that it's 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 all your voice in a very personal way or yeah, where's that kind of rub coming from? I don't know whether that just comes from the fact that for a lot of it it is just me doing it mm. unless it's something outsourced to designers or or it's coming from the the contributors. But I mean there was a big jump and a, a lot learned from from issue 1 to issue 2. Issue 1 50% of it is my work. Number 2 I barely wrote any of it because right. I just had some amazing stories come in. And I think that has helped a little bit to kind of settle me in in not feeling quite so present. I suppose it's almost having an element of professionalism and therefore it almost feeling like the magazine is actually what is speaking to people rather than a human. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, it's, and I think the the trouble you've got is is that you are the founder and the editor, so it is it's its own it's it's its own identity, but a lot of its identity is yours. Yeah, <laughs> and so there's probably some making peace with that that 
it exists because you wanted it to. So it's not it's not like you've inherited a, a heritage title and you've kind of got a whole history of what that title stands for. You know, you made it. <laughs> yeah. So it is a part of you. And so I guess it's kind of clarifying why it feels like an issue to you. Like, is it from a personal point of view that you don't want to, you want to keep yourself separate? Or is it more, I want Fenonfield to be able to stand on its own? And in that, if it's the second one, it would be more about, let's perhaps even just in general, where are the differences? Because if you're just kind of, if Fenonfield is just like a badge that you're wearing, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, what is Fenonfield that's different to me? Where is it that it's similar to me? And how can I make sure that it is its own little, its own self, its own identity, whilst making peace with the fact that a lot of it is me? I mean, I think it's the second one. I just, I want it to be able to stand on its own. And within a year, I would perhaps like to to have people that I am paying regularly that are part of a team to produce it. So it's not just me and and freelancers. It's it's actually, you know, working as a as a more traditional publishing house would. Yeah. And it's not like I hide it. So like on my own Instagram, it, it says that I'm the editor at Venomfield. And, you know, and I'm not not ashamed as it were. I'm not trying to pretend that I'm not. I suppose we have a lot of different voices come in. Our, you know, our our stories have come from all around the world. I've I've quite consciously chosen that because I think this is a dialogue that needs to include voices that that don't often get to be part of this conversation and I want to do that justice and I don't want to necessarily be putting too much into my own words when when mm-hmm. they've already said it for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I think I think this is one of those things that you need to let evolve because you're what a year in. Yeah. <laughs> two issues in and yeah it is a little it's a little toddler and it needs time to grow into its personality to under to to stand on its own two feet and you have to be there to kind of nudge it along and fill in the gaps but it will grow into what it's supposed to be because you started it with a really strong intention and as you say when you start to grow a team their inputs will then start to help form its personality as well but I think it's just a little bit of acceptance of the point that you're at and having the intention that you think in a year, two years, it's going to be more like this. And so that you can be really intentional about growing it in that place exactly as you are with the stories that you're including and the voices that you're including. But sometimes we just need time. Yeah, And that's the one thing you can't rush. (laughs) Yeah. It just has to be what it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's making sure that you're comfortable with, you know, where the, those boundaries are between yourself and it. But yeah, I think it's, we always want to rush the beginning, you know, in everything. Yeah. We want to rush through to, to the point where it's what we dream it will be. But actually, you know, this is the bit that you will look back on in like three years time and be like, oh, I wish I'd really enjoyed that more. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think it's, you. You. you seem really strong in where it's going and what it stands for. And I think for now that's enough. Start putting more of those strategic kind of readers in there and putting it in those places. Carry on what you're doing with the editorial in terms of trying to build up the identity on its own and then let it find its own feet. You can't force it to walk. Yeah, I, I think I think I can do that. 
I I suppose I felt really conscious that I didn't want it to seem like an ego trip. Mm -hmm. And actually, maybe that's just me being a little bit paranoid because I know that's not what it is. (laughs) I think that's the thing. You're so close to it. You, and you see yourself in every in every little part of it. You see every single thing that goes out. Nobody else sees every single thing that goes out. So yeah, you're you're seeing it like you're looking in a mirror, but nobody else is. Yeah, yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> I think we've covered a lot. <laughs> is yeah. there anything that's kind of still lingering for you? No, I don't think so. I feel really good about everything. Good. That's what we like yeah. to hear. <laughs> So, in that case, I've got one last question for you, which is, how do you grow with soul in your work and life? I grow with soul by taking time to be in solitude. I think it's really important, an hour or 24 hours, I think, just to have time where you're not held accountable to anybody else. And in a way, you're not even accountable to yourself. You can just be. It's just really regenerative. If you're not looking at all the shoulds and I'm supposed to be doing this and this is what everyone else wants to eat. It can be as simple as that, but actually I want to eat this to to fuel myself and make myself feel good right now. I think that that's the best way to to kind of just settle yourself and Mm. settle your soul almost and start again and and think, right, what am I doing next? Sounds really good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Katie, where can people come and find you and Fen and Field and connect? with you online yeah fen and field the website is at fen and and we're on instagram at fen and mag perfect thank you so much thank you any links we mentioned in this episode will be on my website which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast and you can find me and katie on instagram i'm at simple and season and she's at fen and field mag As always, if you think you have a friend who would really enjoy this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode and share where you're listening online too. Until next time, I hope you grow with soul.